How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. We are glad to welcome back Scott M. Paul. Scott is president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Now, the AAM is a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. And for years now, Scott and the AAM have worked to make American manufacturing a top-of-mind issue for voters and our national leaders through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a savvy PR strategy. More than a pleasure to welcome back Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Scott, good afternoon. Thank you uh, for joining us today. Great to be with you, as always, Leslie. You wrote a piece and uh, a, a lot of people, it starts with, wait for it, wait for it, Alexander Hamilton. Now, for people that got our tweets, our FB messages, LinkedIn, and, you know, hey, this is what's coming up on the show, I don't think a lot of people would connect the dots between Scott Paul, <laughs> Alliance for American Manufacturing, Tony Award-winning musical called Hamilton on Broadway, and the guy the musical is based on, but... Your article actually explains all of that. So first of all, um, Alexander Hamilton. Um, Let's talk about him. One of the things that I think is awesome um, about uh, not just Hamilton, and and I haven't seen it yet. I definitely want to. Uh, It's coming to Los Angeles, and I think you got to get a $1,000-plus subscription just to get the tickets. But um, in that we see this in the arts, that it can make history come alive make history far more interesting than in some of the classrooms and, you know, chumps off the pages of the books when when you put it to music with great talent, as we're seeing um, in the Broadway show Hamilton, because many people may not remember or maybe weren't taught as specific about the life and the contribution to our society of Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, I guess that's the price you pay for being kind of both vain. He didn't want to be loved. Um, He died an early death through a political duel. We think politics are rough today. Man, you know, he yep. paid the ultimate price for it. Um, you know, he was, he was complicated. He was, uh, so, there, you know, he had a scandalous personal life, um, America's first sex scandal. Um, so, uh, so, so he had a lot going on, Leslie, but, but, but something that he got very right uh, was uh, economic policy, and in particular, a, a desire for the United States of America to have a manufacturing base, which at the time it did not. We were agrarian. Uh, we imported everything else, basically. Um, we, we had a, a very small kind of national defense, and so he had the foresight uh, to imagine that we could be a competitive giant in a prosperous country uh, if we were to make things here. And, and just, I'm going to spoil this for everybody I know, but if you see the Broadway show, there is not a word in it about manufacturing. <laughs> so, and, 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 uh, and, you, and you write in your piece, uh, The $10 Founding Father Without a Father. Let's talk about that. That is, by the way, folks, if you take out a $10 bill, uh, Alexander's... Uh, 
uh, Hamilton's mug that is on it. And um, it's befitting that he would be on some currency, $10 or otherwise, because he served as the first U.S. Secretary of the Treasury. And he did so, um, you know, for quite some time, 1789 to to, uh, 1795. I almost said 1995. That would have been definitely a feat. Um, But this is a guy without a father. This is a guy that knows um, how to look at a nation's economy when he came from nothing and 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 how to make something not only of yourself but like you said economically and um you you call him in your piece the father of america's manufacturing policy so because people aren't going to see that on broadway maybe aren't even being taught that in the classrooms let's talk about this ten dollar founding father without a father and how he did become the father of america's manufacturing policy it's a it's one of those uniquely american stories and you know, he was a, uh, you know, he was an orphan, came from a Caribbean island. Um, uh, his father wasn't in the picture. His mother died young. Um, she was engaged in a profession that I think a lot of people today would view as very scandalous. Um, and, yeah, he arrived uh, as a, an incredibly ambitious and talented uh, teenager um, and made his own way, and and made his own way in New York City. And you think about all the amazing, uh, you know, immigrant stories that in the United States that begin in New York City, and, it, and it's an amazing thread uh, that runs through all of it. And I, I tell you, what, what makes Hamilton the the musical special is that its re, its combination of art forms is really amazing. You know, hip hop. Um, the spoken word and covering American history in a very multicultural uh, cast, uh, where our you know fa- our founding fathers were of course Lily White and all male, as, right. as everybody knows, um, is, is a is a retelling of this that's very relatable, uh, I think, in in today's society. And uh, I guess what you know our little role in all of this is is to talk a bit about the you know what what kind of uh, policies did he think would be uh, right for our new nation um, and and with the acknowledgement that the circumstances in the 1790s are far different uh, than they are today but when you get in to some of his ideas on economic thinking they are incredibly relevant uh, to some of the same challenges that we're facing uh, now, you know, uh, 225 years later uh, from when he first uh, wrote something down about uh, manufacturing policy. And after the terrible, heinous terrorist attack on um, Sunday and uh, in, in Orlando, Florida, um, we had the Tony Awards that night, and the uh, lead of that Hamilton cast on Broadway gave a very um, compelling acceptance speech talking about love and love and love and love. So Hamilton's definitely um, top of mind for uh, many Americans, and perhaps Alexander Hamilton, and perhaps some you know people are Googling that former uh, president. Uh, Scott, you talk in your piece, and i got to say, I just love it. You talk about the soundtrack, um, how you played in your home, how you were like Chris Christie at a Springsteen concert when you went to see, uh, fi- fi- finally uh, finally witnessed how you like show tunes, um, and uh, I-, I think it's all awesome. But w- one of the things I had to ask you about, when you, you talk about your compulsion uh, for your team there at AAM to actually crowdsource 
Hamilton rhymes about manufacturing and trade <laughs> because they didn't do that in the Broadway musical. We, we did that, and uh, I, I, this is why I am a public policy person and not a songwriter, Leslie, I will first say, is that, uh, you know, there, there's a reason why songwriters probably work late, you know, long hours and do a lot of their work, uh, you know, in, in bars or quiet studios or on retreat or whatever, but, but not, at, not at the workplace. Uh, but, but we, yeah, they, they came up with, some, my, my team came up with some pretty awesome rhymes and uh we were because if you again if you don't have this hamilton soundtrack it's worth downloading or listening to uh via via youtube um because some of the 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 they, they have cabinet debates between alexander hamilton and thomas jefferson and they are masterful the the, the way that they are performed by uh lin-manuel miranda and david diggs who plays jefferson um and, and and so we decided to kind of do our own uh, piece on manufacturing policy. And one of the great lines that that they came up with was, "We won't capture our far, fair market share if we don't raise some money with a tariff." And it um, uh, it it does a disservice, I think, probably to Lin Manuel Miranda. But the fact that we could actually string together uh, ten or twelve rhymes about manufacturing policy in a in a Hamiltonian way uh, made us very proud. Uh, most uh, most certainly. And uh, like I said, this is very timely, and I think it's essential that people are aware of our history, uh, but accuracy uh, in history. I like that. We won't capture our fair market share if we don't raise some money with a tariff. Um, it, it, the show Hamilton is growing in popularity, and perhaps it will even more so um, after the Tonys and after that acceptance speech um, on the heels of such tragedy and talking about love uh, talking about unity and and things like that. Um, the, 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 oh, oh, by the way, uh, let's just play uh, that that bit that brought many, myself included, to tears. When senseless acts of tragedy remind us that nothing here is promised, not one day. The show is proof that history remembers. We live through times when hate and fear seem stronger. We rise and fall and light from dying embers. Remembrances that hope and love last longer. And love is 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 love cannot be killed or swept aside. I sing Vanessa's symphony. Eliza tells her story. Now fill the world with music, love, and pride. Thank you so much for this. Okay, uh, just uh, just beautiful, um, un- un- unbelievable, um, and uh, at a, at a time and important because you know I I live in California in Southern California, Los Angeles, and Scott, you know we have a lot of uh, divas out there in the entertainment industry, and these award shows are very much about praising them. Uh, their talents and accomplishments, and uh, Hamilton certainly deserves that. Uh, but the fact that they paused at such a time of um, uh, of, of of sadness in our nation and deflected from themselves uh, to that, I, I think is uh, I think is great. Um, you want Americans not just to be drawn to this musical, um, the songs that are unforgettable, speeches like that that are, are are unforgettable, and also the story of Alexander Hamilton. Like you said, this is an immigrant. This was an orphan, and he was one of our founding uh, fathers. Um, but that he has a legacy, a policy legacy, an ep- economic legacy that kids aren't being taught in the classroom, that we're not seeing on Broadway, and that 
definitely affect us today in 2016. Can can you tell folks how his contribution to today affects us today? It affects you specifically, even in the job you hold. Uh, yeah, it sure does because you know again is um, you know there wasn't think you know the cabinet was very small in George Washington's day. By the way, there weren't you know thirteen or fourteen uh, departments. It was uh, the, the the quarters were a little tidier in Federal Hall in New York City uh, back in the day, and so uh, and, and and you know he was in the first administration, so they were you know they had the Constitution, uh, the Federalist Papers, the Bill of Rights to guide them, uh, but otherwise they were kind of making it up as they went along, right? I mean, which is which is an amazing when you think about it to, to be you know the you know be, be the foundational source of policy for our, our country. And, and the thing about it, Leslie, is that Hamilton was really remarkable, su- remarkably successful in this respect. Uh, outside of manufacturing, you know, esa- establishing our system of banking, our system of public credit. Uh, you know, the predecessor to the Mint and the Federal Reserve, uh, the Coast Guard, uh, the Customs Service, um, uh, and, and, and raising revenue for the government uh, through, through tariffs uh, w- w- was a part of that vision. Uh, but he specifically wanted to focus on manufacturing as well, uh, in part because as he was uh, George Washington's uh, basically chief of staff, during the American Revolution, he saw what the Continental Army uh, suffered through the Revolutionary War, which was a lack of munitions and supplies, very little domestic capacity to make our own armaments, uh, and and almost complete reliance on smuggling and the French for a lot of things, and why, if we were going to be a great and stable nation, we needed to make things here for our national defense, uh, but also to have an economy uh, that would allow us to grow uh, as a country rather than depending on the plantation system in the South, uh, which was heavily in debt and dependent on uh, slave labor and stayed with us for decades. But the Hamiltonian vision, and he was an abolitionist, is one that you can actually see around us today, uh, and that's one of the things that I find truly extraordinary uh, about his policy vision. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about how he did advocate for strengthening uh, American manufacturing, even back then and even before his service as our nation's first Treasury Secretary, and why that's important even now in 2016. I think Hillary Clinton um, has uh, tapped into that when she talks about her economic plan and policy for the future if she were to be elected president. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll continue our talk about Hamilton, not just the Broadway show, but more so the man it is named for. Alexander Hamilton, our founding forefather, president of the United States, first U.S. Secretary of the Treasury, and the face on your $10 bill. I'm Leslie Marshall, back with Scott Paul. Follow him on Twitter, at Scott Paul AAM. He is president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Check out their website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Back after this. How does a bastard, orphan, son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence, impoverished and squalor, grow up to be a hero and a scholar? The ten dollar founding father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder, by being a lot smarter. By that is from the musical Hamilton. It won a number of Tony Awards, 11 this past Sunday night. But we're not talking about the musical as much as the man who who I gave a promotion to president.
president. Um, I got so caught up in it. And Scott, thank you for uh, catching me on that. He was the first secretary of the Treasury, one of our founding um, fathers, uh, but not a president because most of our founding fathers were. So I just uh, added to his resume there. My my bad. And he is that face that we see on the $10 bill. Scott Paul, thank you for holding a welcome back uh, to the only true democracy uh, in uh, talk radio. Um, let's talk about his belief um, in investing in um, our infrastructure and in investing in American manufacturing and seeing the benefit of that for an economy to have such vision back then for the future when it still applies today in 2016, uh, not just a bright man, uh, but uh, a very observant man, because when you are a founding father of a nation, you need to be able to look beyond past your own lifespan uh, to the future, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he sure did, and, and this, despite the fact he had uh, really very little practical experience in manufacturing. Um, uh, I mean, he had been, you know, he was, he had a law degree, he, you know, was a, uh, you know, served with distinction in the Revolutionary War, uh, served as an active lawyer in the New York City Bar, um, you know, wrote most of the Federalist Papers, uh, made, a, made a lot of contributions. I mean, the man wrote a lot. As they say in the musical, he was nonstop. But it really took years and years to, to, to look over all of his writings. But he was, he was also a scholar. I mean, he studied economic thought. And one of the, you know, one of his early concerns that he expressed is like, okay, so we win this thing, uh, what are we going to do to make our nation competitive and so that we have a central government that will allow us all to stick together? And he was right. thinking about this you know, even before. Uh, and- well, Scott, hold that thought because I want to talk about that. I also want to link George Washington to your Made in America <laughs> campaign. We'll be back. Don't go away. Scott Paul from AAM's our guest. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of four and by you, the people. Uh, we are uh, glad to have back on the program Scott Paul. He is the president of the AAM. And you know what? Manufacturing is not only a top of mind issue for American voters uh, in this election, um, but also um, we are talking about how manufacturing today was put forth by a guy that's on Broadway winning now 11 Tony Awards, and that is Alexander Hamilton, one of our founding fathers, uh, on the $10 bill, and somebody who had the foresight with regard to our economy, our infrastructure, and specifically manufacturing. Scott, uh, please finish what you were saying uh, before I had to cut you off because we went to the break uh, there uh, in our smallest segment uh, just a moment ago. No, of course, and just, I mean, just like with Hamilton, there's just so much <laughs> uh, to, to, to talk about. Uh, so, you know, so what did he talk about in the 1790s that has relevance today? First of all, infrastructure. At the time, uh, you know, America consisted of, you know, essentially 13 distinct colonies. There was not really a national network of transportation. And so, 
he had the foresight to realize if we invest in our infrastructure, if we do canals, if we have, uh, you know, roads that are more passable, uh, if there's a good network, if, if we protect our, our shipping lanes uh, through, a, through a coast guard, um, that we are going to be more competitive. Um, and you think about the national debate, Leslie, that we're having today about infrastructure and the state of our infrastructure, our airports and our ports uh, and our bridges and our energy grid. Uh, and it's really the same type of conversation. And the fact is, you know, we're falling behind on a lot of the infrastructure stuff, even the basic things like delivering clean water uh, to uh, to cities like Flint. Uh, and interestingly, Hamilton was involved uh, in this very issue with New York City uh, and, and was part of a plan put together to ensure that, that New York City had access to clean water. And so there's just you know, a lot of things that he was working on at the time um, that have relevance today in infrastructure. Second uh, was just the idea that we should manufacture. At the time, there was this, this idea that many of the Southerners had that we should just have our agricultural economy uh, and that, we, that, that manufacturing uh, was, was, would draw uh, both labor and resources away from that. Um, but Hamilton uh, and you know and, and subscribers to his economic point of view said, you know, we and if we want to be competitive and grow grow as a nation, we're going to need manufacturing. It will attract immigrants, and they did need they did need skilled workers at the time. Uh, it will attract capital, um, and it will allow us to establish trade uh, and a trade surplus. And in order to promote manufacturing, we need to have, obviously, skilled workers. We need the know-how. Uh, we need the zoning, essentially, to have factory space or the 1790s version of that. Uh, and we need some tariffs so that we're not faced with all these imports uh, coming from uh, England or France uh, and that we can start uh, making some some things here ourselves. And you think, you know, I just want to shift to another uh, Revolutionary War figure, Paul Revere. Um, you know, Paul Revere, very famous uh, in the Revolutionary War, uh, he was also a manufacturer. There's still a Revere wear uh, today. Uh, that exists that's uh, you know that has been passed down among generations and so this is something that that some of the founding fathers definitely had an appreciation for but but Hamilton was able to convert that passion into policy and to, and to promote it and those ideas it took a while for them to stick and there was a lot of resistance from uh, from Madison and Jefferson and others but eventually uh, this was the strategy that the United States pursued. Uh, it produced the big, biggest middle class that the, that the world has ever seen, probably the most prosperous country that the United States has, uh, the, the, that the world has seen, um, and, and also a system uh, with all its uh, blemishes has been replicated uh, around the world. Uh, let's take some calls. Not everybody's a fan of Hamilton. I understand uh, Ken in Ithaca online, too, in New York there, um, who's listening on WNYY. Uh, Ken, you're not the biggest fan of Hamilton. You have some criticism of his. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Hi there. Uh, it is Ken from Ithaca. Just a comment about the discussion. Um, I'm a fairly normal liberal here in Ithaca, and I'm certainly not a historian. However, I think if you look back, you'll find that um, one of Hamilton's real strong needs and wants, was that we have, in this country, a very strong aristocracy, 
ruling class, similar to England, and a working class with no ladder in between. Well, we were ju- uh, Scott. I want Scott that. to re- I want Scott to respond to that because Scott was just talking about the establishment and creation of a middle class based largely on the uh, policies of Hamilton. So, would you uh, disagree with what our caller has said, Scott? Well, I, I think what, what Ken may be uh, alluding to is kind of this this vision of governance, and I think it is true that that uh, you know Hamilton was very cautious about the the framework of our republic, perhaps a little overly, overly cautious. And I will say I don't agree with everything that Hamilton did. Far from it. Uh, far, you know, far, there, there's a lot of things that. And a lot of policies he promoted that that that, that I, I, I don't think were great, but on manufacturing, um, I do. I, I think one of the fears that Hamilton had is that he saw, you know, revolution without a point uh, could lead to tyranny, and that was his concern about the French Revolution, and it ended up with Napoleon. Um, and so there was, I think, there was some justified uh, kind of uh, resistance. Uh, to, to the idea of of a, a true citizen democracy without a foundation, um, and that did separate kind of the the you know the Federalists and the uh, you know and the and the Democratic Republicans and the the Jeffersonian uh, ring. And I you know I, I was was Hamilton overly cautious about that? Perhaps so, uh, but I you know again I, I'm focusing on the manufacturing policy where I think he got it uh, largely right. Um, Ken, anything else? I want to thank you, and you know what? This is the kind of discussion we should be having in this country, not shooting people. Thank you. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Uh, And, uh, yeah, and not hating people before, during, and after every violent activity in our nation. Um, uh, Scott, uh, Hamilton's vision, because you talked about investment in our infrastructure, but you also talked about tariffs. But he was very specific with the size of the tariffs, as you write about in your great piece, which, by the way, you taught me more in your piece today than I learned about Hamilton in my history class. Sorry to my history teacher. She's listening um, back then. Uh, but that the right-sized tariffs and what those are there for is to ensure that our industries could grow and could export and that our government could attract revenue and the manufacturers would still have access to importing uh, raw materials. Um, Also, uh, he saw the benefits, as you mentioned, of capital investments in industry and that the manufacturing could serve to, and this is so relevant today, to attract immigrants to our nation. And we're seeing countries like Germany use that to their advantage, and not just with uh, immigrants from Syria, um, but using uh, manufacturing using uh, labor to bring skilled workers. And we did do that at one time in our nation with manufacturing and other areas of infrastructure, didn't we? Right? I mean, you know, with, uh, you know, masonry and, you know, certain Absolutely. certain kinds of yeah. type of work with, uh, you know, uh, woodworking, carpentry, uh, c- c- cement, uh, uh, pipe fitting. I mean, the list goes on. So just think about the tens of millions of American families that had a root uh, in an immigrant who came from another land uh, and found a job in a factory here. I mean, th- that is a story that has been repeated tens of millions of times in our nation uh, fr- from the 1800s uh, in- until today, and-, and-, and it is an amazing story. Now, along with that, I will concede that, that Hamilton uh, thought-, thought that factories were a place where children and women could work <laughs> as well, which was actually a widely held view at, at the time. Uh, you know, child labor was not considered a you know a, a real abuse you know like it is 
like it is today. Like I said, he did not get everything right about that. But but in terms of its it, its its attraction and allowing us to grow uh, as a nation, he got he got it exactly right. And on the tariffs again, this is something that I think is important. Uh, you know, tariffs were the only way to fund the government at the time, and it and it allowed the 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 central government to take on the debts of the states, which were really significant at the time. Um, and this was before we had income taxes and sales taxes and everything like that. But but they also, while we were getting on our feet. Uh, yeah, economically uh, allowed our industries to grow without the face of, say, the competition from the British Empire, which was, you know, on a matter of scale, was like what China is to the United States today in terms of some of these industries. That's how, you know, that's the kind of competition we were facing for the British Empire uh, and others at the time. And so it, it made a lot of sense. And, and, and the other thing I will give them credit for, and this is something that I wish policymakers would would learn from today, is that you know, Adam Smith was a thinker very much in vogue then. He was talking about free markets and free trade. Hamilton read him. Hamilton was a smart guy. He said, look, I agree with some of what he said, but, but not everything that he said. And you, we gotta, we got to do things the American way and not based on some philosophy. And, and, and I really liked and admired uh, that about him as well. Um, oh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, while wow, this hour is going by so fast, we'll continue talking with Scott Paul. He's president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. One more segment with him here on the Only True Democracy in Talk Radio. You want to get some questions in? Eight 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 six Leslie comments on Hamilton. Eight 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 six five three seven five four three. We're not talking the musical. We're talking one of our founding forefathers, the first U.S. Uh, Secretary of the Treasury, and somebody who, quite frankly. Um, laid out blueprints that we're still using and that are still relevant today in 2016. We'll talk more about that, and we'll also talk about why Hamilton, not Jefferson, is the father of the American economy. Some people say he should be deserving more than honor on a $10 bill. We'll be back with Scott Paul and you right after this. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Go to the website, AmericanManufacturing.org, and follow Scott on Twitter, at Scott Paul AAM. We are back. Scott and Paul is president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Scott, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Um, smarter trade policies, investing in infrastructure, and skilled workers, even buying American. These were all ideas of Alexander Hamilton. These are ideas that today you and the AAM, and I, and I think uh, you know certainly most of the middle class, believe is necessary for a thriving economy to keep this from being a bourgeoisie of have and have-nots. And speaking of buying American, George Washington wore a jacket that said made in Connecticut even back in the day, right? Yeah, and th- this is a great little tidbit um, that uh, you know is in the really magnificent uh, biography of, of Hamilton that uh, Ron Chernow did um, about uh, 12 years ago. And the swearing-in was in New York City, but, uh, but, but Washington made a point, uh, you know, and one of the first decisions he made uh, about the swearing-in was that he wanted to wear a suit uh, that was made in the new nation um, and, and chose a, a plain brown suit uh, from a tailor in Hartford, Connecticut, um, and I just thought that was the coolest, one of the coolest little tidbits that most people probably don't even think about from 
our earliest history is that this was an idea uh, that our that our commanders in chief and our presidents uh, uh, have had for a, a long uh, a long long time, and may it continue well into the future as well. Uh, I want to talk about what I had alluded to going into uh, the break. Jefferson is also uh, many times thought of as the father of the American economy. Um, I think you and many others, especially now uh, with Hamilton on Broadway and the eyes and you know minds uh, looking at and even historians talking about Alexander Hamilton uh, once again, um, to energize America's economy, to create more jobs and provide, provide more fulfilling lives for American citizens, um, you need to look at our American past and specifically um, the ideas, uh, concepts put forth by Alexander Hamilton. We can learn from history, good and bad, and this would be an example where we could learn in a good way from history and from one of our founding fathers. Yeah, it, it sure can be, and it's a thread that extend that started, you know, in the in the 1790s and really extends to today. And I, I think that is the really amazing thing about the, the, the Hamilton's economic vision is that. You know, first of all, there would be a central government, um, and it could uh, accumulate debt so that it could make capital expenses in things like infrastructure uh, that are expensive. Uh, he thought that there should be spending, um, which today is actually a debated concept in the Congress on things like our, our national infrastructure and having a strong national defense where we were able to both defend our shores uh, and ensure that our commerce uh, was able to to flow uh, freely uh, across the Atlantic uh, at the time. Um, and, and then again, the idea that we should uh, look for the latest technology uh, in manufacturing, that we should have a diverse economy, that it should not only be in the countrysides, which again I think was this Jeffersonian idea, uh, but also in our cities. Uh, you know, and, and you, again, you think today in some of the most vibrant places in America are our cities, and they have benefited extraordinarily. From uh, from that vision, from from manufacturing, uh, from from infrastructure, uh, from investment in technology, uh, and and they uh, and so Hamilton's idea have played no small role in, in what America has become today. Uh, I will say before everybody thinks that I am just you know completely pro Hamilton, uh, one of the one of the tactical mistakes that I think that he made. Uh, along with you know the, the Washington administration was putting finance before manufacturing, and so Hamilton got a very complex banking plan uh, to establish a national bank and 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 to, to take on the debts of the states uh, passed through Congress, and it took a lot of uh, deal making, which is referred to in Hamilton the musical. Uh, and by that time, the administration had spent all of its political capital, uh, and there really wasn't a lot of interest in doing anything about manufacturing. And so I, I look back on that and saying, you know, once again, the guys on Wall Street uh, got what they wanted, but the, the manufacturers uh, sort, of, sort of had to play second fiddle. Uh, nevertheless, the policy ideas endured, uh, and, and again, they were incorporated into our economic policy uh, over, over the next few decades uh, and allowed our country to prosper. I want to talk about why. Do you think it's because Jefferson was president that, you know, he gets not only more of the monuments and certainly better press and newspapers and history books, obviously not in musicals <laughs> in this year, but with regard to policy and um, 
really, when you look at what happened uh, in our nation, would, would, would you say that Hamilton was an architect of one of, if not the boldest and most original and even most important uh, reshaping of the economy of this nation? Absolutely, because it was an experiment, and I think that's always the thing, is that the, the Jeffersonian model is the one that the British Empire had established in the colonies uh, through, through the, the plantation system, basically, and, uh, and their, their almost total reliance on, uh, on, on Britain for manufactured products as well uh, in exchange for, you know, uh, commo- you know commodity crops. Um, and, and, and Hamilton, you know, he didn't want to do away with agriculture, but he thought that there should be a diverse economy. Uh, Leslie, I should point out that, you know, Jefferson, yeah, he had his monuments. He was the president. He was relegated to uh, the best supporting actor role in a musical, but it's a wonderful performance uh, by a guy named David Diggs. And, again, the, the debates that Jefferson and Hamilton have uh, in that musical are just phenomenal and, you know, offer a window for people today to look at into some of these foundational debates that our nation had, and it's, it's actually truly remarkable. But I will say, in terms of our economic approach, I'm really happy that over the course of the next few decades uh, that, that the Hamiltonian approach prevailed and that its critics at the time, including Jefferson and Madison, actually in later years uh, came around and said, you know what, he has a point. Hamilton has a point. Uh, last minute for you, Scott, what would you like uh, to say regarding Alexander Hamilton? Because like you said, there is uh, so much to say. And somebody who pulled us away from the ways of the U.K. to the ways of the U.S.A. Yeah, he sure did. I, I, look, I think it, 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 it benefits everybody to learn a little bit more about this slice of American history, because you're right, uh, the, most of the other founding fathers were, were presidents, uh, were well-regarded. None of them died in a duel like, like Hamilton did. Uh, but, but the lasting impact he had on our economy is, is, is phenomenal. Um, and as we approach what will be the 225th anniversary of his report to the Congress on Manufacturing, which was the first report uh, done on this topic in in December. Stay tuned because we're going to be saying a lot more about it. Uh, And I'm really lucky that our office in D.C. is just about a block away from the National Archives. We are out of time, Scott. You ever hear something and know the world will never be the same? Houston, we have liftoff. Well, wait until you hear this one. Half price coffee. That's right. Get into McDonald's weekdays before 10.30 a.m. for any size premium roast coffee or iced coffee. Both made with 100% Arabica beans, both half the price. Good is brewing. And that's the sound of your morning changing. Limited time only. May not be combined with any offer or combo meal at participating McDonald's.